Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for stopping by the channel again today. I got a little bit of extra for you. It is Friday, January 7th, 2022. I'm your host, JD from New York, and this is Off the Script. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. We just hit 36,000 followers on Twitter, man. Thank you guys very much. For all of the support you have shown me already this year, and we're only seven days into the new year, man. Thank you guys very much. Social media is the best way to communicate with me and find out what I'm thinking about everything that we embark on during our wrestling weeks right in real time as we watch Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, Tonight, SmackDown. You guys can follow me on there, at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Yesterday, we went live, and we did a major live stream, and we talked about the WWE releases, and I'm about to get into what happened with Samoa Joe today. We actually found out yesterday on stream, coincidentally, as it was happening, I threw out that I felt like Samoa Joe was going to be next. I give him till maybe April, and all of a sudden, I got my phone blowing up. JD, JD, look at your phone, look at your phone, chat's going crazy, Samoa Joe was just released, so we, we kind of foreshadowed it on the live stream last night, but we dove as deep as anybody into the entire situation about Triple H, and I've talked about this for months, for years actually, and I feel like with all the news and, r- and rumors and innuendo coming out about what's going on right now, I, I feel like... You guys should not be surprised by anything you're hearing. And I made light of that in the live stream last night. It was it was crazy, man. Wrestling media, and I'll say this again. Wrestling media, on social media, on Twitter, is fucking horrendous. They are. Nobody gives it to you like I do. The truth is usually buried underneath a bunch of bullshit. And that's what the entire live stream was about last night. On top of giving our opinions about everything and and going over exactly why Triple H is being buried. 
So if you guys missed any of that stuff, man, go and check it out. It is live on the homepage right now, including the AEW Dynamite post-show, the NXT New Year's Evil post-show, Monday Night Raw, day one. It is all on there, man. It is all on there. So make sure you guys go and check that out. It is on the homepage right now. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS Extra. Drew McIntyre. I feel like this is going to be a big story, man. This is a developing thing. This is going to be a big story as he is, or at least I should say, or I think he was going to be an integral part of the plans for SmackDown. Drew McIntyre, in what is a developing story, may require neck surgery. Drew McIntyre remains one of the top stars in WWE. He is second only to Roman Reigns as a full-time performer on SmackDown. And he is a former two-time WWE champion. He was the face of the company during the pandemic as WWE champion. Didn't really go all that well because WWE cannot book a baby face to save their fucking lives. And he suffered because of that. He is also never afraid to give advice. And he's always been outspoken ever since he lost the WWE championship. He's actually been outspoken even about himself. He's claimed multiple times that he feels that fans got tired of him. And he feels like he was presented in front of the fans just a little bit too much. And he wishes that WWE would have scaled him back on that. They got tired of him. He's not afraid to admit that at all, which I actually respect about Drew McIntyre. He knows what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong, and he's not not afraid to admit when he's wrong. Now, Drew McIntyre was written off television as of late after getting attacked by Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. This was at the day one pay-per-view on Saturday. They put a chair around his neck and pretty much, quote-unquote, pilmanized him and took him off of television. The company that announced McIntyre suffered injuries due to this attack, but the actual injuries were not disclosed at this time. As reported already, McIntyre is going to be out of action with a neck injury. According to the Observer Newsletter, Meltzer elaborated on this and said McIntyre will be undergoing medical evaluation on his neck. The company hopes it is not a very serious issue, but he may require neck surgery. Legitimately, McIntyre's neck has been bothering him for months, and if he kept going at the rate he was going, he was going to be on his way for sure to another major surgery. As of a few days ago, the plan was for McIntyre to have the neck looked at extensively over the next week. There's really nothing more known until it is fully examined. And the hope from WWE is that it's not as bad as everybody is fearing it is. And he can come back soon or at least right before WrestleMania and that he won't need surgery, which will put him out for probably the rest of the year. But right now, nobody knows what is going on from a timing standpoint. It wasn't good because SmackDown has no other full-time babyface to go up against Roman Reigns. You know, I I find it hilarious how WWE released over 85 people this year, probably now after this week alone, nearing 100 people in the last year alone. And in all of that, in all of that, I'm sure... There was another top babyface that WWE could have absolutely utilized when someone like Drew McIntyre goes down with an injury. 
Now, WWE is looking at several situations that they need to rectify ASAP because of Drew McIntyre, potentially. I don't want to write him off yet. We don't know the medical examination yet or the results of said medical examination yet. But they are looking at tremendous problems. And I use problems, plural, in this situation. McIntyre presents WWE with a slew of problems. Number one, they have no top baby face on SmackDown. Number two, they have no challengers for Roman Reigns at all if Drew McIntyre goes down. Number three, it makes SmackDown unwatchable to a point where it should not even exist with the brand split. And WWE, number four, looks like a bunch of fucking idiots because they have dwindled their roster down to nothing because of pettiness and greed of power. They wanted to eliminate everybody that Triple H had a hand in. They did so. They continue to do so. And now they're looking at absolutely nobody to even come close to step up to the plate to replace Drew McIntyre. When one goes down, WWE has nobody to replace that individual. Tony Khan does. Kenny Omega's going to be off TV for half the fucking year. How many people does Tony Khan have in reserve to replace a Kenny Omega? Everybody wants to uh, make light of Tony Khan. Oh, he's spending too much money. Oh, he's bringing in all these guys. When Kenny Omega goes down, when the Lucha Brothers go down, when the Young Bucks go down... Tony Khan has people in reserve to fill those spots, and he will make it seem as if you don't miss them at all. When you watch SmackDown, you will absolutely miss and absolutely feel that McIntyre is not there. This is a big situation that needs to be addressed immediately. They better have plans in place, actions in place to fix this situation. Number one, if WWE is not looking at a ending of the brand split, if McIntyre is out for the rest of the year with a neck injury, if WWE isn't looking at ending the brand split, they are already behind the fucking eight ball. They are already making a grave mistake for their television. That should be already on the table. If that idea for WrestleMania is not on the table. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Why are you even a creative writer at that point? Like, clearly, you don't want to have the best interests of the shows in your heart. Ending of the brand split will fix all this. Then at that point, you need to start establishing top baby faces. Roman Reigns is nobody. If Drew McIntyre goes down with injury, you have no top baby face on SmackDown. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to put somebody not believable in that situation? You're going to have Roman Reigns wrestle somebody from the Monday Night Raw brand? What's the point of having the brand split at that point? You're going to initiate a trade from somebody on Raw to SmackDown or, I don't know, have somebody become a free agent? I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. But at the end of the day, if you eliminate the brand split, none of this would be a problem. WWE is to blame. They put themselves in this situation. You want to release 100 fucking people in the last calendar year, and when someone like this goes down, you're looking at some major fucking problems for yourself. Problems that didn't exist about a year and a half ago. I don't feel sorry for anybody but Drew McIntyre. 
WWE has created this problem for themselves, and now they have to worry about fixing all these problems with the injury of one man. One man will create a slew of problems that WWE shouldn't have to worry about. Awful. Absolutely awful. Samoa Joe. I called this on the stream. I I wish I was wrong. I really do wish I was wrong. Samoa Joe last night was released from WWE, or at least it was officially announced that he was released. I heard that he was released with William Regal the day before, and they did not announce it until today. WWE has released Samoa Joe. We called it on the stream. I actually joked about it. He's definitely going to be next. I wouldn't be surprised if Shawn Michaels is on the fucking list. It doesn't matter who, who you are or what position you hold or what you did in the company or how much time you gave to the company. They've released several people. You think Shawn Michaels means anything to them? The only thing that they're looking at is Shawn Michaels' relationship with Triple H. He was second in command there. You don't think they'll get rid of him? He's nothing more than a puppet. He's not running NXT. Put that narrative to bed. If you believe the check marks that tell you that Shawn Michaels is in charge, they're blatantly outright lying to you. Samoa Joe was released by the WWE. This is his second firing in less than a year. Sucks to be Joe, huh? He was brought back by Triple H because he knew Vince McMahon, his father-in-law, did him dirty. So Triple H said, no, 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 no. There's got to be a role for Samoa Joe in this company. I'm going to find the role for him. And he did. He did. Samoa Joe was released by WWE. Fightful confirmed that Joe was a part of the latest wave of releases. A wave that is currently still undergoing where they're getting rid of all Triple H personnel. This has been a thing for the last two years, so this should be uh, a surprise to nobody. Joe was recently on a panel of coaches at the latest wrestler tryouts along with William Regal and others. I guess, I guess their valued opinion is not so valuable to WWE. Thank you for your services. We don't need you to find another ex-NFL failed football player or a fucking cheerleader or some fucking D-level triathlon athlete that now wants to make his way into professional wrestling. Hey, we don't need you for that. Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis can easily go and find the next bimbo at some modeling competition and make her a future WWE women's superstar. Boy, we need Samoa Joe and William Regal for that. Joe returned to the ring for a short program with Karrion Cross. After he was released on April 15th, 2021, he was brought back in June by Triple H, who was said to be unhappy that the company let him go. I'm sure he was, just like everybody else. Triple Triple H's unhappiness means nothing to WWE, by the way. Nothing. His, His opinion is absolutely fucking bottom of the barrel, unimportant to everybody in that company. Like I said, he returned for a short program with Karrion Kross, who was also fired. And then he won the NXT championship before vacating the belt shortly before the NXT 2.0 relaunch. The word going around at the time was that Joe was dropping the belt for storyline reasons, but he was never seen on WWE television again. I want to see what the check marks say about uh, Samoa Joe vacating the title before the launch of NXT 2.0. Joe's days were numbered as soon as he gave up that title. Everybody should already know that. 
But why did Joe vacate the title? Was he injured? I don't recall him being injured. He just wrestled Cross in a 12, 13-minute fucking physical match. He wasn't injured. He didn't get injured at a house show. WWE isn't touring. WWE didn't reveal any of the information. People were like, oh, he, he could have got injured in training. Samoa Joe wasn't injured. Samoa Joe was not injured. It was all an excuse to cover up their agenda. That's all it was. Samoa Joe wasn't hurt. NXT 2.0 started and the removal of everything Triple H well before NXT 2.0 was already in effect. But as the launch of NXT 2.0 on that debut episode took place, as soon as that show took place, they were like, we're not having Samoa Joe on our show. They knew that Triple H brought him in after Vince and Nick Khan and Bruce Prichard already had fired him. So when they walked in there on day one and see Samoa Joe there, they're like, no, we got rid of this guy for a reason. He's not our world champion down here. We'll make up some bullshit storyline excuse to get the belt off of him, and then we'll crown Champa. Champa's more NXT than Joe is, and then we'll have Champa drop it eventually when we deem the time to be right. To one of our guys, and then the soul of NXT can finally be put to rest. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Samoa Joe was a victim of Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on day one. He was not hurt. There was no reason for Joe to drop the title. In fact, Joe versus Braun Breaker actually would have been a more intriguing match to me. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Champa. I love Tommaso Champa incredibly. But Joe versus Braun Breaker? I would have paid money to see that. Joe wasn't hurt. He vacated the title because WWE came up with a lame excuse because of who he is, and it all revolved around Triple H bringing him in. They knew that. They didn't want him there. They got rid of him. They got rid of him with the championship. They put him in some fucking role to use him for the time being and then waited to strike when the time was right to get rid of him. Dave Meltzer later reported that Joe was rehired primarily for a non-wrestling role. Joe's release is yet uh, is yet the latest name who was considered to be a Triple H guy. Now, Samoa Joe is expected to return to the ring after his WWE non-compete expires. How long is his non-compete? I don't know. I don't know. He was fired under a 90-day clause. Clearly, WWE brought him back, or Triple H brought him back. Did that 90-day still go into effect when they brought him back? Or did Triple H bring him back under an NXT clause, which we all know NXT clauses are 30 days? We don't know. That's going to be an interesting piece of information because that would give Samoa Joe 30 days to show up wherever he wants, if that's the case. Which I'm assuming that's what everybody wants because Samoa Joe should be on television with a major promotion. Now, there are a few more details about Samoa Joe's exit. Fightful reports that Joe handled everything as professionally as possible. He was actually let go on Wednesday, but the news of his release did not break until the next day, Thursday. Since WWE sent out a statement about backstage personnel, not talent being let go, which was bullshit because Danny Burch and Timothy Thatcher and Hideki Suzuki of Diamond Mine, they were all talents. Hideki Suzuki was on TV every fucking week with Diamond Mine. Timothy Thatcher, as far as the fans are concerned, was a talent. Danny Burch, as far as the fans are concerned, are or is a talent. So WWE lied 
when they sent that statement out. That would mean that they considered Joe, in this case, to be done as an in-ring competitor. Joe had been coaching at the Performance Center, and he was at the recent tryouts along with William Regal, like I just stated. It was also noted that one source was shocked when Joe was cleared to wrestle again in NXT last year. What was so shocking about it? Clearly, the people in charge of making those decisions deemed him ready to go. So why would you be shocked about what happened? WWE has some of the most trusted doctors in all of the sport. They would not let anybody on TV if it, if it was deemed severe. So why would anybody be shocked about that? I'm not shocked that the guy wants to still wrestle. He's ready to go. He wants to go out there and end his career the way he wants to end his career. Where that may be, I have no idea. Last August, Joe told Corey Graves on After the Bell that there was a lot of concern about his health and whether he could wrestle again. Joe has not said what the injury was, but the belief amongst people in WWE is that he was dealing with concussion issues, which we all know WWE takes very seriously. Joe said this in August of 2021, and I quote, It was a much worse type of injury than I think I had dealt with before. It scared me. It scared a lot of people that care about me too. They were very, very concerned. It became very easy to make that focus as far as what I wanted to do and when I wanted to come back. It inevitably all hinged on that, just making sure I was all right and making sure I was feeling good. When I came back to the ring, I didn't want to come back at a 70% capacity. I wanted to make sure I can come back and give the best I could to the fans, end quote. I don't think Joe would lie about his own health. I don't think Joe would lie about his own injury scare. So I do believe him in that sense. But I do believe as time went on, he was ready to get back in the ring and ready to go again. But WWE clearly didn't want that. It became something that was scary and definitely legitimate. But then it transformed into, yeah, we're not going to use him because he's Triple H's guy. We brought him back. We have no use for him. It became an agenda. So it went from legitimately being an injury scare to a full-fledged, blown-out agenda to get rid of everything that Triple H had done in NXT. And Samoa Joe, sadly, was a part of all of that. Now, Joe issued a statement, which, if you want to read between the lines, is definitely in line with what I just said. Listen to this. Joe issued a following statement after he was released and says this, and I quote, Extremely fortunate and grateful to all the young and amazing talent. I had the pleasure of working with in the past months, only saddened at the loss of an excuse to see their continued growth and achievements. I'm very excited for the future. I'm excited for their future and mine. End quote. He used and he put in parentheses the word excuse. Samoa Joe being off television and being stripped of the NXT championship was an excuse to get him off television because they didn't want him there. As noted earlier, Joe was the latest person to be released because he was a Triple H guy. It's hard not to take notice just how many Triple H hires were let go this week. And it's possible that more names will be gone very, very soon. You know, all of you should really look at the releases that happened last year. It's not very difficult to see that they were releasing NXT guys that Triple H created. I mean, it all goes back to last April. Why is this news now? You're all shocked by this. Wrestling media sucks. I should be the fucking media. Because I'm calling this shit out as I see it. Meanwhile, on all of those other shows, 
all the truth is being hidden and swept under the rug. And they want to present it when it's right there in front of everybody, when it was already there for years. You hide information from your listeners. You do not give them the truth and you are dishonest with everybody for their own personal gain and their own personal agendas. You're just as bad as the fucking people undergoing this hideous task in NXT. Samoa Joe. I don't know where he ends up. I don't. Did he leave Impact on good terms? I don't know. I don't watch Impact. Nobody does. Nobody wants to go to Impact. You'll be seen in front of how many people? 80,000 people weekly? Give me a break. Impact is dead. People only go there because it's the only place for them to work. How they sustain that show, I have no fucking idea. Nobody wants to wrestle in front of 40 fucking people in that small-ass, boring fucking studio. WWE failed Samoa Joe. Right from day one. Right from day one. Samoa Joe was never going to be successful in WWE. Samoa Joe was turned away for a job from WWE by the same people that are in charge now. Why? Because Samoa Joe is nothing more than a fat Samoan. Samoa Joe, Samoan, is not Samoan enough for WWE. If he was a part of the Anawaihi family, then Samoa Joe would still have a job. He is not. All they look at is Samoa Joe. He's a fat Samoan. He's not. Samoa Joe is incredible at what he does. And just like everybody else that was fired, Brian James, Road Dog, William Regal, how you don't have a role for somebody like Samoa Joe in WWE with all of the years of experience and what this man can do to give knowledge and pass knowledge on to everybody else that is young and upcoming in NXT. Samoa Joe and what he brought to the table is rarely seen in WWE. Rarely. The only time we see what Samoa Joe brings to the table is when we see Brock Lesnar on television. That's it. They have some of that in Braun Breaker now. How that will transform itself over the next coming months, years, I I don't know. But Samoa Joe and what he brought to the table in WWE is rarely seen. You You got guys like Lesnar. You got guys like Braun Breaker. Walter is another one. These guys should be absolutely bulletproof creatively. There's no fucking way you can mess these guys up. Samoa Joe was shafted in WWE. His feud with Lesnar was amazing. That really sold great balls of fire for me. I even remember stating that if you wanted to give Samoa Joe the world championship in that situation, I would be ready to go to give him the world championship. Now, why he didn't get the world championship in that situation? I don't know. I don't know. Lesnar is widely protected in WWE. Lesnar has a lot of power. Maybe he felt like Samoa Joe wasn't the guy. Lesnar's word goes a long way. Mixed with what Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and Bruce Prichard think about Samoa Joe, they only used him to make money off of this feud, and they didn't really value Samoa Joe the way the fans valued Samoa Joe. They didn't see what the fans saw in Samoa Joe. But you go back and watch those promos with Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, and you tell me that that's not captivating television? 
how you failed and dropped the ball on Samoa Joe in that feud with Brock Lesnar, that should have been something that grew for not just a month, but two, three months. That's a legit money program right there. Then they did the same thing to Braun Strowman. One F5, that was it. Took out Joe, took out Strowman. That's all they used them for. That is all they used them for, to build Brock Lesnar's appeal in that moment at that time. Samoa Joe was one of the best promos in all of WWE. Some would say he was the best promo on the main roster while he was there. He was straddled with nothing but mid-card feuds, United States title. After that feud with Lesnar, Samoa Joe was just a regular superstar floating around in a sea of nothing in the WWE mid-card. United States title, intercontinental title, that shit means nothing. None of that is prestigious. None of that is valuable. He was just another cog in the wheel at that point. And Samoa Joe brings so much more to the table than just being another cog in the wheel. Then they fired him. Then they fired him. He sat on Monday Night Raw commentary. He did a great job in the first month or two. Then he became just like everybody else. And you just heard him become just another manufactured fucking personality behind that commentary table. He sounded great in the first couple of weeks, first couple of months. And then all of a sudden, he kind of just drifted away and just became just like everybody else that sat at that commentary table. They got rid of him. They fired him to make room for Jimmy Smith, who fucking sucks, by the way. Jimmy Smith's voice brings absolutely zero excitement to Monday Night Raw. Jimmy Smith is terrible at his job. He is. He does not have the voice to call a three-hour pro wrestling show. But they made way for Jimmy Smith on that commentary table and got rid of Samoa Joe. I'd actually love to see Corey Graves take the fucking lead role as commentator on Monday Night Raw and keep Samoa Joe. I would have never brought in Jimmy Smith. Give me a fucking break. They let him go. How long was he at that commentary table? He sat around and did whatever they asked him to do. And then they got rid of him. Triple H said, no, 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 no. Triple H, once again, on the side of the fans. He was thinking like the fans. There's no way my company can get rid of somebody like this and find no value in him. So Triple H brought him in. Everybody was talking about him coming in. Is he going to be an enforcer to William Regal? Is he going to be the new GM? They brought him in and they started a program with William Regal, Karrion Cross, with Joe as the enforcer, Joe sticking up for NXT management, Joe taking down big bad Karrion Cross to win the NXT title. It was one of the last remaining things that really, in a time when NXT was dying, it was one of the last remaining things that really gave you a sense of, wow, this really feels like what you would have watched when NXT was at the height of its popularity at one hour on the WWE Network. That was the last remaining full-fledged, old-school feeling NXT storyline. And then 2.0 started, and then we never seen Samoa Joe again. I remember being at dinner, and I got the notification Joe was vacating the title. I knew right then and there what was going on. I knew Joe wasn't hurt. Joe wasn't injured. Joe was a casualty of new management. That's all that was. So if you hear from a sap or anybody else that Joe was legitimately hurt, he wasn't hurt. There was no fucking injury disclosed. 
He was a casualty of Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. They knew why he was brought back. They knew who brought him back. And they knew that he was never going to be anything on their new vision, on their new show. That was it. He was a casualty of Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. Then they were like, yeah, we can't get rid of him now. It would be too obvious as to what we were doing. They let him linger around with a pen and a pad, and then they fired him along with everybody else a couple of months down the line. That's the way it is. Where does Samoa Joe go now? How long does he have remaining in pro wrestling? I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired of saying Tony Khan needs to pick him up. Tony Khan needs to pick her up. Tony Khan needs to pick him up. There's too many people that Tony Khan needs to pick up right now. Where does Samoa Joe rank in the list of people that he wants to bring into AEW? Right now at the top of the list is Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, Keith Lee, Ember Moon, Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, and then I would I would slide Samoa Joe in right underneath Keith Lee. Karrion Cross, I, I listen, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Cross. I don't know where he fits in. I don't know where he fits in. I don't know what he's gonna end up doing. I really don't. But Samoa Joe, if for anything, six-month deal, one-year deal, part-time deal when they want to use him sporadically and make it feel special, there will be value with Samoa Joe in AEW. There's absolutely no way you're going to leave a Samoa Joe and CM Punk match on the table. There's no way you're going to leave that on the table and not go for it. Or Joe versus Brian match. Put Joe at the top of the fucking card after a little bit, man. There's no reason why Samoa Joe can't be at the top of the AEW card battling for the AEW championship. Yes, he's injury prone. Yes, he's older. But let's... Take this and look at it with baby steps. Monitor it, baby steps, one at a time. If he maintains his health, then let's move him up the ladder. But there's absolutely no reason why Samoa Joe should not land in AEW with all of that potential possible dream match scenario on the table. Going back to Impact will do nothing for Samoa Joe. Nothing. Nobody wants to wrestle in front of 40 fucking people. Where else is there for Samoa Joe to go? AEW may be the only thing left for Samoa Joe. And I honestly do think, in my heart of hearts, that Tony Khan is looking at this situation, and I'm thinking, he's looking at Samoa Joe like, I have to get him. 90 days, 30 days, I don't know when it is. He was brought back under NXT deal, one would assume that's 30 days. I feel like it still may be 90 days. They just picked up his contract and just kind of continued his contract with WWE. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting situation. Samoa Joe clearly indicated in his statement that he's Excited for the future of all of the all of the students and all of the young wrestlers that he had a hand in to work with in the performance center. He's excited for their future. And he said, dot, 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 and mine. And mine. That means that's a guy that still wants to wrestle. And will. Where? I don't know. But when you see Samoa Joe end up on Dynamite, don't be surprised. WWE talent and staff are worried about the future of NXT after the firing of William Regal. This should be a surprise to nobody. It's been stated already this week that the recent cuts were made mostly because WWE, Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon, Nick Conman 
want to erase everything that was Triple H. Triple H is not in charge. Shawn Michaels is not in charge. And Triple H will never be in charge. And everything that he had put in place is now being removed. Hunter hasn't been backstage since his heart attack in September. Everybody calls it a cardiac event. It's a heart attack. Bruce and Vince gave him a fucking heart attack with all of their actions to kill his product. He first made his TV appearance, or he actually made his first TV appearance this week since the uh, the heart attack on NBC News while talking about the company's NIL program. So it appears that he still has some sort of role with the college recruiting. Yes, he's a puppet now for Vince McMahon is, is what that means. He's not actively going out there and seeking talent with William Regal and Matt Bloom and everybody else that he had handpicked to be his team. Now, Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, and Bruce Pritchard are sending him out to do college recruiting. Triple H is a face of the company. Everybody knows Paul Levesque, right? He is now nothing more than a mere puppet at the whim, at the control of Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. Said, said, Dave Meltzer noted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the talent and others in the system are depressed. And many are wondering about the future of the brand. You know who's depressed, Dave? We are. We're all depressed. William Regal's firing hit many people hard, and that was evident by how many people spoke highly of him on social media. As he was responsible for so many independent wrestlers getting a look from the company. Meltzer added that some of the biggest names in the business to this day still go to Regal for advice on wrestling and career decisions. Everybody that you see at the top of the card on WWE television, who do you think had a hand in molding that talent? William Regal, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Big E, Roman Reigns. They're all a part of what William Regal and Triple H created that was it that was it William Regal has a hand in legitimately everyone you see at the top of the fucking card in NXT Oscar Rhea Ripley Shayna Baszler Alexa Bliss next time you see Alexa Bliss on television I want you all to realize and I want you all to understand that was a product of William Regal and Triple H's NXT Everybody you see, everybody that you see on television is a product of William Regal. But they have no use for him because he was a Triple H guy. Imagine getting rid of somebody with 40 years experience because he was Paul Levesque's guy. Yeah, we got no use for him, but we're going to get rid of him because he was uh, the right-hand man of Triple H. Imagine that. Imagine that being the excuse or the reason for his termination. Couldn't be me. Now, it was also noted that WWE no longer is scouting independence because they don't need that type of style. You guys know why. And it's likely the reason why he was let go, but it's baffling that the company could not find something else for him to do. WWE statement read as follows with the continued evolution of NXT 2.0, with the continued burial of NXT 2.0. We've decided to part ways with some of the staff based on our performance center. We thank them for their many contributions throughout the years, and we wish them the best. I read that as, thank you for wasting your time under Triple H. We don't need you anymore. We're moving forward with Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon's uh, evolved 
NXT 2.0. We wish you the best, but not really. Go fuck yourself. That's what I read when I read that statement by WWE. Great job there. Yes, everybody's depressed. Now you're understanding it. Now it's coming to light. Now it's really in the news. Nobody should be surprised at what you're watching right now. Nobody. Talent and staff are fucking sad. No shit. The fans are fucking sad and disgusted. That's why nobody's watching NXT and why nobody's watching the main roster. There's no reason to get invested in this fucking talent when all we know is, yep, he'll be gone in two months. Oh, you got called up? Yeah, he'll be gone in six months. Give me a break. Kyrie Sane, another project of William Regal. Kyrie Sane is not a free agent as she is still under WWE contract. This may be sad for some of you to hear, but it's not all that bad. Although it was reported in December by Dave Meltzer that Sane's contract had expired with WWE. That is not the case. Dave Meltzer corrected his previous report in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. As he noted, her contract doesn't expire until February. This is good news, folks. This is good news. If her contract expires, if she wants to be back here in the United States, she can do whatever she wants without the 90-day or 30-day clause attached to her WWE contract. So let's be a little bit patient to see what her next move is. I know everybody's thinking, oh, Kenny Omega's going to bring her into AEW. I don't really know if that's the case or not. She may opt to stay in Japan. Who knows? But she will be gone from WWE, but that is going to happen in a month or so. So be patient. Maybe she'll surprise you. Saying is publicly given the impression that she was not going to renew her deal. She removed WWE from her Instagram handle, but still has it in her Twitter profile. The company wanted to renew her deal with the idea for her to make an in-ring return, but she wasn't interested in living in the United States again. That may change. Nobody knows. Saint stopped working wrestling in 2020 as she returned to Japan to be with her husband and worked in an ambassador role for the company in addition to doing commentary for Hell in a Cell 2021 in Japanese. Saint recently announced that she was launching a 24-hour fitness gym called Para Fit 24 in Japan. Kairi Saint. Give it time, folks. I, 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 listen, I loved Kyrie in NXT. I thought she was awesome. I thought it was another uh, uh, another take on, man, the evolution of women's wrestling is in good hands with Triple H. WWE brought her up to the main roster, and you know, everybody thinks that her pairing with Asuka was a great time for the women's tag team division. It was fucking terrible. It was awful. Nothing that they did was memorable. Nothing. I don't understand why everybody praised that. It was probably the only thing that WWE had at the time, and they only paired them together. Bruce and Johnny People Power only paired them together because they were both Japanese in typical, stereotypical WWE way. The one thing I remember was them feuding with Sasha Banks over the SmackDown or Raw women's title at the time during the pandemic. I thought all that was great. Sasha and Bayley carried that entire fucking brand entire company really during the pandemic and their feud with Kyrie Sane and Oscar was really good that's the only thing I remember outside that I mean give me a break women's tag team wrestling in WWE is as worthless as this fucking can of liquid death on my desk give me a break new trademark filing may reveal the new name 
for Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish following Undisputed Era. They can't continue to use the Undisputed Era name because WWE owns the right to it. AW recently filed a new trademark that may have been revealed to be the new group of the name on January 3rd entitled Paragon. Paragon trademark has been listed as of January 3rd. The word Paragon means, and I quote, a person or thing regarded as a perfect example of a particular quality. Yes, I did look this up because I had no idea what the word meant either. Back on December 29th edition of Dynamite, O'Reilly used the term Paragon to describe the potential that they would have should they be able to coexist again in AEW. It may take some used to or time getting used to because Undisputed Era was a great name. I didn't even like the Undisputed Era name when it first uh, showed itself on WWE television. We all got used to it. It, it became second nature. It became a household thing. Uh, I, uh, I think Paragon would probably end up going the same way. But listen, they're going to they're gonna need a name. They're going to be feuding with Omega and the Bucks eventually. So it's going to be great. Minus the names aside, just give me the fucking feud, man. Give me Cole. Give me Omega. Give me the six-man match that we're going to get. It's going to be awesome. Paragon in AEW coming soon to Dynamite. Matt Stryker. Got some impact news here. Matt Stryker fired from Impact Wrestling. Matt Stryker's tenure as a commentator in Impact Wrestling is coming to an end this week as he announced in a now-deleted message on Twitter. He pulled the old tweet and delete. That he was done with Impact Wrestling. Stryker noted that he was disappointed with the decision and enjoyed the wrestlers in the company. Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that management wasn't happy with his performance. And this move was something that he uh, had seen, or actually the company rather, had been in the works for months. They, they, they were planning to remove him uh, within the last few months. It's still unclear who will replace him in this role but with Impact holding its Hearts to Guild pay-per-view this Saturday and tapings for Sunday, a new announcer will be revealed shortly. So Josh Matthews will probably come out from his role backstage to do the show as they continue to find uh, a new replacement for Matt Stryker is what I'm going to go and say is their plan of action for this weekend. Impact brought in Stryker to replace Josh Matthews on commentary in early 2021 when Matthews was promoted. Stryker worked alongside D'Lo Brown in addition to working for Impact, he's done commentary on AAA's English language feed, including last month's Triple Mania event. However, Stryker did get criticism from fans because he wasn't familiar with some of the names and the storylines on the show. Prior to his run with Impact, he also did commentary for WWE and Lucha Underground. Uh, yeah, the good old criticism from the Impact elitists out there. Nothing ever makes them fucking happy. Their show sucks. So they are the last of a dying breed over there. Um, Matt Stryker is awesome. There's nothing wrong with Matt Stryker on commentary. Uh, he did great in Lucha Underground. I actually loved his color commentary in WWE. But the thing is, with Matt Stryker in Impact, you know, it really is not the same as it compares to all the other times he did commentary. Matt Stryker is doing commentary for Impact Wrestling on a weekly basis in front of how many people? 12? It's basically that they're still living in the middle of the pandemic and they have no fans in attendance. You do realize that when you're sitting out there doing commentary that, you know, if you're doing commentary in front of 40 fucking people, it's not going to resonate as exciting. 
It doesn't. My commentary suffers when I see a dead crowd at a House of Glory show or or a dead crowd during a House of Glory match. It suffers. The fans directly feed into the excitement of everything on that show. If you have a dead crowd, you're going to have a dead fucking match. If you have a dead crowd, you're going to have dead commentary. And that's what Matt Stryker suffered from. It's Impact's fault that they refuse to grow and build their brand. They're still in that little fucking studio that, that, that holds fucking 16 people. I mean, give me a fucking break. No, but it's Matt Stryker's fault. It's Matt Stryker's fault that the company refuses to put the product in front of a more exciting crowd. Now, I don't watch Impact. I don't know how much he knew, how much he didn't know, how much he knew of storylines, who he didn't know, who he didn't know. I don't, I don't know. Why would Matt Stryker not know the town? Why would, they, why would Matt Stryker not know the town? He knows everybody. Does he know the storylines? I don't know. How much work did he put into his, into his craft? I don't know. I don't know. He knows his shit. The storylines might not have been the problem here. I can't see Matt Stryker doing a half-assed job at commentary and being prepared for it. I think Matt Stryker was gone because Impact is refusing to blame themselves for a shit product. That's what I think is the case. Nothing wrong with Matt Stryker. He did great in Lucha Underground. Matt Stryker was exciting in Lucha Underground. I had no problem with his commentary in Lucha Underground. He did the the play-by-play. He was the main guy next to Vampiro. No, but now he's a problem all of a sudden. You fucking break. Why don't you get your fucking product in front of more people? That's why nobody watches your shit. 40 fucking people every week. It's like I'm watching a goddamn funeral on television. Plans changed. This is the last story for today. Plans change for the WWE Championship match and the build that WWE had planned for WrestleMania. Dave Meltzer re- confirmed and reported what he previously reported this week in Sports Illustrated about the original plan for the WWE Championship at day one. Meltzer noted that it was supposed to be Seth Rollins who was going to walk away as the new WWE Champion until plans changed and Brock Lesnar was added to the match. So despite the WWE on Fox graphic that was posted and quickly deleted, a good old tweet and delete, by Ryan Fuckface over there. Biggie was not going to retain his title on that show. Meltzer noted that the plan for WrestleMania was for Seth Rollins to defend his title, likely against the winner of the Royal Rumble. Meltzer said that Biggie was a favorite, but Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley were also possibilities. It was noted that the match in position may remain the same, but getting there will be different. So, Meltzer is saying that what we're getting on TV now is going to be the main event at WrestleMania. And what Meltzer is saying is that nobody's going to give a fuck because nobody wants to see this boring, fucking, formulaic, second grade IQ storyline play out through January, February, March, and one week in April. Nobody cares. Start getting new faces in the title picture. Big E is a failure. Time to move on. Big E should not win the Royal Rumble. Bobby Lashley, I don't know what the fuck they got planned for Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Seth Rollins should not win the Royal Rumble. And the WWE Championship should have nothing to do with any of those guys on Raw. It's Brock and Roman. Plan that and end the fucking brand split. Nobody beating Reigns or Lesnar at WrestleMania is going to make sense. If it's not Walter, save it. 
Nobody on the active roster should be beating Roman Reigns unless it's somebody as legit as who I just mentioned. And end the brand split. If that's not the way you're going about it, end the fucking brand split. Unification match at WrestleMania this year. That doesn't involve Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, or anybody else that's not legitimate enough to main event WrestleMania. And I'm not surprised to know that Seth Rollins was the original plan coming out of day one and making him the WWE champion. Because I said it for weeks. Kevin Owens, not really a WWE champion from the way he's been booked. Big E, failure. Not because of what he did, but Big E didn't really do much of anything because WWE can't book babyfaces. And then Seth Rollins, I said it for weeks. Seth Rollins was the only interesting character in this entire feud because the body of work that he's done and the character that he's shown us is the most interesting. I don't give a fuck about any of these guys. I don't even know why they're feuding. But Seth Rollins, I see putting in the work to get his character over. This is the best work he's done as a heel. That, as far as from what I see, give him the WWE title. Give him the reward for his hard work. That's the way I saw it. So I don't know what this means for the Royal Rumble. I don't know what it means for WrestleMania. Another thing noted in the Observer is that when Rollins was moved from SmackDown to Raw, the original plan was to transfer the title from Big E to him, and it was decided to do the title change at day one in the Fatal 4-Way before they added Lesnar. All of this means that Lesnar is likely to lose the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. If that happens, then it would set up Lashley defending against either Rollins or Big E or Owens in a multi-man match. Does anybody have that fucking meme or picture of Shaq sleeping? God, what a boring fucking match. Well, what are we doing? What are we doing here, Bruce? Are we going to give Big E the Royal Rumble? Are we going to give Big E the WWE Championship back at WrestleMania the way it should have been when he cashed in money in the bank? WWE always wanting to do the outcome, but getting there is always fucked up and makes no sense. Nobody wants to see Big E as WWE champion again. It's time to move on. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you enjoyed the video, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go and check out last night's live stream. We talked about all of the WWE releases and broke it down about wrestling media on social media and the real story behind everything. Paul Levesque and why he is being erased. And NXT black and gold completely dead again. I don't believe I had to go over it again for all the fucking idiots in the back that want to fall asleep in class and then call the teacher a fucking idiot. Give me a break. There's a reason why I'm up here and you're back there failing, clowns. And make sure you guys tune into the live stream tonight. I will be live after SmackDown and Rampage right here on Off The Script. Until then, guys, I'll see you tonight live on OTS. And we'll break it down as always for SmackDown later on the podcast. See you guys later.